Hello, Fort Worth. What is up? Welcome to another episode of the Fort Worth Freedom Review. We are a show about local politics that aims to get more people engaged in local issues. Thank you for joining us. My name is Anthony Sosa, and we've got a rowdy episode for you today with Amber Sosa and Thomas Moore. Christopher Rose will be back on the next episode. Uh, But this week, we discuss a lot of different things, actually. But we kind of start off talking about uh, the Panther Island and Central City Flood Project and the recent developments there. We're also going to talk about the Tarrant County Judge election, upcoming election slash primaries that are going to be on March 1st as well as some issues and some things regarding people running for governor, whose primary is also on March 1st. Um, and then we're going to get to some other things towards the end of the podcast at the end, some other news quick hits uh, in the area. We kind of also go on a, a couple of tangents about different things, uh, one of them mainly regarding human nature, which I hope you find interesting. As usual, all of the resources used for this episode will be provided below in the show notes, so you can go and check our sources and check and read these information, this information for yourself and make your own conclusions and decisions on these. Um, this podcast is made possible by the Justice Reform League, a Fort Worth-based nonprofit. You can sign up for our newsletter and get updates on Fort Worth political news and deep dives into local issues at our website, justicereformleague.net. Feel free to contact us if you have any episode ideas or additional stories that you would like us to cover, or any information on the candidates. We're trying to find as much as possible, so if you you know know some of these people that are running, we would certainly love to hear from you. Feel free to contact us uh, at FW Review on Twitter, at uh, Fort Worth Freedom Review on Instagram. We've got a new Instagram account, and you can always email us at fwfreedomreview at gmail.com. Enjoy the show. Twenty twenty two, Amber. It's nice to to be back on the air with you again. Yay, twenty twenty two. Yay. So what's up, guys? We got a lot to cover um, for you guys today. Next episode, we're really going to try and dig into the candidates for the Tarrant County Commissioner's Court and the other dozen or so, ten or so offices that people are going to be running for in May for our local election on May first. However. Uh, for the governor and for some of these commissioner's court offices, there is going to be a runoff on March 1st, meaning the early voting for that starts on February 14th. So we're our, today we're recording this on January 23rd. So if you're not registered to vote yet, um, unfortunately, the deadline has already passed because in our state, you have to register one month ahead of an election to be able to vote in that election. So dumb. It is really dumb. And we're going to continue talking about the voter suppression that has been increasing in our state. Um, but yeah, so you have to be already registered to vote in that runoff on the 14th or the, fir- the March 1st. We encourage you guys to go out and vote. Um, there are many candidates that we could you know, go ahead and cross off our list and not have to worry about if they don't make uh, the runoff. So that, that's always important to vote. I'm sorry, not in the runoff, in the primary. So it's always important to vote in the primary. However, we'll get more into that next episode. What we're going to talk about today 
is essentially like three main topics. And then I have a couple of like shorter stories for us at the end, little quick hits. We're going to talk about the Panther Island project thing, Trinity River Water District. Trinity River Vision Project. Yeah, all that stuff. So we, we money has now been allocated for that. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, we're going to briefly talk about some of the candidates for county judge, which is just one of the offices for the county that's up in May. And then uh, the governor's race a little bit. There's there's some stuff going on there and a few things that we're going to hit at the end. So, yeah. Amber, do you have anything you'd like to say or since it's been a while since you've been on the show about the new city council or the new mayor or maybe thoughts or what your expe- expectations are for this coming election cycle? see i i mean i'm feeling pretty positive about city council so far um this as i know it's been said a million times like is one of the i guess the most um diversity fort worth has ever had um amongst its city council members um so i'm feeling pretty good about that all in all um there is the situation of uh is it it's carrie moon right who yeah was like I don't like the direction that this city is going in. So I'm stepping down and running for state office or something like that. Um, and so like to me, like that was a really good sign um, that we like probably are in general going in a better direction. If Carrie Moon is like getting fed up with things. Um, I've watched some of the city council meetings um, since we've gotten our new city council uh, together and um, I, I mean, it was really funny because Carrie Moon was like visibly, you know, getting really irritated oftentimes, um, you know, and wasn't really getting to, I, 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 I feel like he felt like his status maybe was like being threatened, um, by some of the newer members. Um, and you know, people, nobody was, it was, I mean, he just wasn't able to just like do his little, like you know, like BS, BS, whatever. Oh yeah, I'm gonna placate people that don't agree with me and but I'm still gonna get my way. Um, and he wasn't really getting his way. So um, I really enjoyed watching that. Um, and I know maybe it's mean or whatever, but um, but I'm like, yeah, like you, you don't get to just like do whatever you want anymore. Um, people are gonna hold you accountable and they are gonna challenge, you know, some of your ideas. And so in general, I feel pretty positive about that. Um, I've also kind of been watching the redistricting um, task force, um, what's going on with that. I watched, um, I haven't seen like, I I know they're going to start the meetings back up here shortly or maybe like maybe they started up this last week or whatever. Um, But I watched like one of the closing meetings where they had um, all the members from all around the city joining. um, And there is a lot of diversity on the redistricting task force. Um, I've seen some of the different maps that different, council members um, are putting together. Um, I don't know if maybe the audience or listeners um, are aware or not, but for a while the city um, was using a software program where um, anyone could create their ideal map um, and it would tell you, you know, like if you were like violating any of the um, like protocols or like rules that are in place, um, you know, for like each district. Um, And they were encouraging people to create their own maps, um, excuse me, uh, send them to their city council members um, or not to the city council members, but rather like to the redistricting task force. And they were going to take um, 
other people's maps like in um and you know like use those to kind of develop like their own ideal map and so i guess like each member of the redistricting task force is like creating their ideal map and then the city is going to go from there and of course there's like a lot of like legal um you know pro like legal boundaries that you have to follow to make sure that people aren't being like either over or underrepresented you know legally um and i've i've really liked some of the conversations that i've seen coming out of the meetings that i've watched um I, I can't remember the name of the gentleman, but there's one one gentleman on the redistricting task force. I think he actually used to be a city council member, um, you know, before I started getting involved in politics. But he said that, um, you know, like we like I guess the meeting had been going on for like a couple of hours and he was like, listen, you know, like we're just spending a lot of time talking about, you know, like what is illegal or um, what is illegal and like what we need to, what we legally have to go by, like in creating this these redistricting boundaries. Um, but we need to like look past that and not just think about a map that we can legally create and not, you know, be in violation of any laws, but actually create a map that is fair. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yes, like that's that's what I want to hear. Um, and so I know some people have been, you know. Um, pretty you know black pilled i guess um on the city of fort worth myself included uh, um but i i actually like was feeling really optimistic like and following some of what's been going on with the redistricting task force what do you mean by black pill just for maybe some of those listeners maybe haven't heard this term oh uh well to be black pilled um well <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't think I, do you want you're me not, to like a whole history No, 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 but I mean like, you're not literally black-pilled though, right? You're just no, kind of no, down no, no. on the process a little bit. Yeah, like, I mean, I guess black-pilled in a more pejorative sense of the, you know, term or whatever. Um, you know, uh, I, negative, like, like very negative, nihilistic, doom and gloom. Yeah. Things are never going to improve. There's no point in even participating anymore because what's the point? Um, you know, yeah. like those, those are all things that have crossed my mind. Yeah. But um, we don't, we don't want people to go there because right, if I you're, know. if you're there, if you're down that dark rabbit hole, like then you actually believe You've that there's conceded. nothing. Yeah. There's nothing yeah. that can be done. So if you think there's nothing that can be done, then, then you're not going to do anything. And we, the whole reason we created this podcast is to realize that you listener, like you have agency, you can do something to change this system especially the local system, especially because these elections are so tiny, like in regards to the voter turnout. Like when we've talked about this again and again on the podcast, but the turnout last May and then the runoff for mayor in June was historic, but still a, you know, single digit percentage of the, of the voting population here in, uh, in, our, in our city, in our county. For sure. For sure. And I mean, I guess I was trying, I guess that was what I was, my concluding statements <laughs> were that don't be black pilled. I was, I too have been black pilled about Fort Worth and certainly Texas politics after this last legislative session. Um, however, can you, can you hear me? There is hey. some hope. Thomas. Thomas. Yeah. What's up? Yeah. Okay. Hey. How you doing, buddy? Good. Good. Uh, some technical difficulties, but we got through it. No worries. Nice. No worries. Glad you could join us, sir. So we're just. We're just kind of getting into the things, into the things, into the into the cast, talking about Amber's kind of recent perception of of the new city council and uh, and mayor. And we're about to start covering some stories, man. How how are you feel about that? Are you ready to roll on all that? Yep. Sweet, sweet. Okay. 
What about you, Thomas? Since it's uh, you know, happy 2022. Glad to be doing this again with you, sir. Um, any real, real quickly, any any uh, comments or things that have jumped out at you over the past couple of months regarding the new mayor, the new city council, or anything before we start the stories? Nothing about the new mayor surprises me. Uh, the new city council, from some of the members I've seen, is a lot more proactive than it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, we still have some of the same old problems because we got some of the same old people. Gary Moon. Sorry. <laughs> not for long. Bad cough, guys. Yeah. <laughs> not, not for long, no. No, but, you know, if they have it their way, they're going to put some other putts in there that's just as bad. Yeah. I, I would like to say, <clears throat> in regards to our new mayor, uh, Maddie Parker, um, I have been really, Im- uh, I've been really impressed with her uh, leadership style. Um, from what I've seen from her. Um, and I, you know, previously had like very, very few like positive things to say because, you know, <clears throat> I was just really negative about the whole situation. Um, <clears throat> gosh, I was choking on water earlier and I have not recovered yet. I apologize. <laughs> I do not have COVID. Um, but I want to say that like the the vibe of the of the city council meetings and like, you know, like um, like her her, you know, ability to like facilitate um the the meetings and, and discussions has been a huge step forward i think um from where we were with betsy price um and i don't know if it's like because she's a millennial mm-hmm. or um or or you know maybe just like her her personality is just like maybe like a little more um you know like um like stepping up and and you know like making sure everyone is like you know having time to talk and and being heard and like even some of the like disputes that have happened like where things get a little bit more heated um i've been pretty impressed with how she's been handling um the discussion within the meetings keeping the meetings on on track and all that um and uh i don't know i've been i've been impressed and also like this is neither here nor there but um the last redistricting task force meeting i watched like she came in with this like super cute like <laughs> cheetah like button down. It had like you know like the high collar, um, and it. I mean, she was looking really sharp. Like she has like some gold hoop earrings in, and I was like, Matt, oh man, like this is a different style of Maddie Parker than what we saw like you know like when she was campaigning. Um, and I was just like, wow, like she has like a really like fresh sense of style. Like so, it was just um, I don't know. I was just uh, impressed with um with that and was so, like okay, okay okay like i see you maddie parker like you're you know you so are you are a millennial different like, you than, are. than uh than <laughs> betsy right so 100 being yeah. different from betsy not 100 yeah. percent. i i'm not gonna quantify it but yeah different but yeah. not 100 how go ahead how would you because with with betsy when you were in a uh city council meeting um there are sometimes, especially were controversial, it felt like you were talking to a wall or to the air because yeah. Betsy wouldn't respond and <laughs> she'd go as far as making sure no one else on the council would respond. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Uh-huh. Obfuscate. Yes. Uh, does, does Maddie kind of do the same thing or no, she doesn't. is she a little bit better on, on that front? I would say that she is like way better on that front. Um, and she actually like, a acknowledges that you know something was said that challenged her maybe her own viewpoint 
Um, and oh, she, okay. Yeah, like, <laughs> I know, right? Um, that's what I'm saying. Like, maybe, you know, like, I'm not going to say, like, base Maddie Parker, but I'm like, okay, this is, like, pretty positive. Um, yeah, she's, like, you know, like, acknowledges it. You know, even, you know, will validate <laughs> what the person has said and then, you know, allows them adequate time to, you know, like, like explain their position. You know, she, you know, even when someone else, typically Carrie Moon is jumping in and is like, like, well, I don't know about that, whatever. You know, she's like, okay, Carrie, like explain your position, you know, and then like, let's go back to what Chris Nettle said and you know what, I, I, we're going to take this into consideration. Now, whether things are going to be done about it, you know, um, you know, that mm -hmm. remains to be seen, but like so far, um, like, it does not seem like she is just playing, like, these um, straight, you know, like, I guess, I don't know what the right like, way to explain it would be, but, like, you know, she's, like, well, at least willing to, like, come to the table, you know, whereas Betsy was, like, we're right. not even going to acknowledge that this is a problem. We're going to ignore yeah. this, and we're just going to blow past it, you know. Um, okay. She's not doing how that. Much, yeah, how much of that do you think is because of the slight change in power dynamic on the city council because when betsy was there you basically had but like am zeta mm -hmm. and like two other people who could be maybe you know a democrat when you know the right person's in the room but now we really have like a, a five four situation you know mm -hmm. yeah um, i mean I do think you think that has anything to do with her her style yeah, I think that I think that probably does have a lot to do with it because it's not just like one or two people that is like, hey, like, let's, you know, um, you know, like have a real conversation about this. Um, it's like several more people. Um, but I mean, also, you know, like just because like we do have more Democrats, like it's not even necessarily that like, you know, everybody um, who does identify as Democrat on the city council um, are even agreeing, you know, Um at right. times like it's like you know everybody's district is different and you know maybe <sighs> their constituents are you know saying different things um but it, so there's a lot of diversity even amongst democrats on of opinion yeah diversity of opinion yeah um and so i which mean i think it's yeah which is really good um and so mm -hmm. i think it's really just that um you know she's bringing a lot of like fresh energy and she's like is listening um and i think a lot of it really just speaks to her um leadership abilities um as an individual um you know it's not so much a my way or the highway type attitude yeah no whether or not like you said we st it still is yet to be seen whether or not like you can you know we can look at the previous administration and say there was hardly any like actual you know dialogue that was happening because of the because of how they were how Betsy was essentially running the council. Now we've got more mm -hmm. conversations. Now we've got, like you said, a diversity of opinions. Hopefully that plays out into like a diversity of decisions being made and like, you know, policy being executed. Maybe we haven't necessarily seen that yet, but mm -hmm. you kind of need one before you can have the other. So at least it's a step in the right direction. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm curious to see kind of where all this goes. It's very interesting. Yeah. So yeah, I'm curious to see it too. She declined to support the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. Now, ironically, I'm not Arlington Mayor Mayor Jim Ross did support did come out to support it. Yeah, how, Ar how do you think? Yeah, Arlington is has been. Uh, you know, I think that's diff that's an interesting point that you make because this the there's been some change up over there in regards to there. I'm not super versed in it. I'm <laughs> sure you're more well versed in it than, than we are. 
But yeah, I've been right. hearing that that now there's the comparison. We're like, well, Arlington's being maybe a little bit more progressive or a little bit more on this, that, like, and putting, you know, maybe I don't know if we can say putting pressure on Fort Worth, but usually the dichotomy is like, well, Dallas did this. And it's always been understood. I think it's just a cultural thing here. Fort Worth has always been very we're not Dallas, right? Very <laughs> like, much. like and, and whatever, however you want to take that culturally, economically, politically, whatever. Um, and so it, it, you know, if, oh, Dallas is going to do this, well, it's like, it's not, it's no surprise that Fort Worth's not going to do that. But when you add Arlington into the equation, which is now becoming a economic, you know, strength of the DFW area due to the yeah. sports teams being in there due to be all the development that's been going on in that city for the past decade and plus, um, yeah. it matters what Arlington's doing. And so, yeah, that, that's interesting that you say that, you know, I wonder if that's going to make a difference or not, but I think hopefully in the long run that it will. So let's, so we could, I feel like we could talk about this forever, but we actually have other right. stories we got to, we got to uh, try and get to. Listener, all of, even if we don't get to every single story today, listener, every story that we want to will be posted down below in the show notes. So if you see something on the last two or three links, like they didn't talk about this, well, check it out anyways, because we wanted to, maybe we didn't have time to, but it's important. We want everybody to be aware of these stories. So we'll start yep. off with the Panther Island uh, pavilion nonsense. Uh, it's not pavilion. Oh I, I never even know like what the there's so Trinity many different names river vision project. Yeah. And so it's, it's got so many. So that's one of the names. The other one is the Panther Island city, central city flood project Oh yeah, is another yeah. one. Yeah. And, and the, so here's essentially uh, how it's going. So this has been in, in the news here since 2004. I started talking about this. Kay Granger start the, the, you know, uh, house representative, U.S. House Representative, this is like she's been in there for like 16 years or something, maybe even longer. I'll pull it up here in a second. Um, started talking about this project in 2004. It was approved in 2006. Uh, and we only very recently started getting some federal funding for it. But the Army Corps of Engineers didn't allocate some of the money or the go or the federal government didn't allocate the actual money under the Trump administ administration to get a lot of this stuff done. There's been nepotism involved. Her son is still on the uh, board for this right. organization. I got I have. So and many, to, to yeah. be clear, her is referring to Kay Granger. Kay, Kay Granger. Granger's son is on the board for this, which has is the reason why a lot of people are calling nepotism on this. Exactly. So, I mean, that's kind of been well documented. We've covered it on this show, but it's it's kind of been covered, you know, in the weekly, the Star Telegram, it's kind of been covered at length um, about yeah. that so sort, sort of thing. So now the, the reason we're talking about it again is the Biden administration finally allocated money for us to do this project. Um, I think it, it might be helpful for the listeners to um, kind of review what the project was. What's the point of it? So essentially, here's the thing. It's essentially two parts. One part of it, is redirecting the Trinity River to enhance our flood battling capabilities, enhance the floodplain, enhance the levees to prevent a flood from happening. Now, the the current situation that we have in the city, and I'm sure anyone who's ever gone down the Trinity River, you know, anywhere near downtown, you've noticed there's these huge levees there, right? This is to prevent a flood. There was a historic flood. Mm -hmm. Uh, here in 1922 on April 25th. I'm sure you can go online and find some of the pictures. 
the north side of town, pretty much all the way over to Camp Bowie, was was well, flooded. Yeah, it was underwater. Mm -hmm. It's pretty co cool pictures if you want to go look at it. Bad for the city, obviously, because it did a lot of damage, it ruined people's homes and stuff. And the people. And the people. So, uh, you know, to prevent that in the 1960s is when they installed the current system. And that system has been great and there's been no issues with it and it seems to still be up to snuff in regards to another flood like the 100 year flood it's actually been exactly 100 years since that flood happened so the current system is set up for that so you could make an argument we don't need to do this update but you know the infrastructure is 50 years old maybe we do need to do an update anyways they're going to redirect where the trinity currently runs uh i guess to enhance this protection capability and in the process, they're essentially carving out a section of downtown that didn't exist, and they are going to create a river walk type situation there, similar to San Antonio, but a lot smaller. Um, and in doing so, it's going to create an economic center near downtown that didn't exist before. And they're speculating that this, once it's finished, um, could bring in, where's the number? Three billion dollars, I think, is is what they're projecting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, it's going to cost an ex estimated one point one six billion. The federal government has given us five hundred and fifty eight million, so like half of that. The city of Fort Worth, the voters have passed a proposition um, that is going to allocate two hundred and fifty million. So some of our money is going towards this as well. Oh yeah, here it is. So all three of these stories, two of them are from the Fort Worth Report who does fantastic work. And, and the third one is from the Fort Worth Weekly. Uh, again, you can check all the stuff below. What they're projecting, so the University of North Texas did a, uh, a study back in 2014. So this is like eight years ago. These, these numbers might even be bigger now. Um, they're projecting that if this Tarrant County Water District, you know, change this Panther Island project goes the way as planned, it's going to create 29,600 full-time jobs uh, it's going to create 10,000 housing units and over 3 million square feet of commercial space, bringing in an estimated $3.7 billion in annual economic activity. So this is being touted and prioritized now because of the fact that it's going to be an economic you know, boon, essentially, for the city. We're going to be able to bring in a ton more money, $3.7 billion of more money, than the city's already currently been bringing in. Now, the questions that I have about this, okay, 29,000 plus jobs, that's a lot of jobs. That's good. Uh, however, not all jobs are created equally. And so what kind of jobs are these? Uh, are these, if we're building a bunch of commercial retail spaces and a bunch of restaurants, those are going to be retail jobs and service industry jobs. Yeah. Those jobs don't pay very good. Those jobs don't have benefits. Um, and so when we're talking about, is that going to uplift the Fort Worth people, the community, the city, or are people going to have more money in their pockets because of these jobs? I mean, more than not having one, right? But is it going to increase like the, you know, the money going around for the bottom half of the city, right? Probably not. Also in regards to the 10,000 housing units, I guarantee you, these housing units are going to be incredibly, incredibly expensive. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Very similar to what we have over in West 7th. So Probably higher uh, end than that, if I had to guess. Yeah, I, if I had to I guess, too. I mean, if too, you yeah. have, like, riverfront real estate, I mean. <laughs> exactly. 
Mm -hmm. So again, like we can quantify this project and say, oh, it's going to bring in all this money. Great for the city or whatever. But how much of that money is actually going to impact and affect us Fort Worth people? Because our current city government doesn't really like to spend a lot of money on social services, doesn't really like to spend money on low income housing, doesn't like to spend money on transportation. Like they're finally sort of updating the bus system, but I don't know how long it's going to take years yeah. for us to get a better one. And it is in regards to like public transportation, like it's pretty bad here in Fort Worth. So that like I, I think I am a little optimistic because I know a lot of the uh, a lot of the things that held stuff up were kind of the old guard. So like you're not going to have Betsy Price as a mayor, okay? Pretty soon you're not going to have Carrie Moon. The reason I bring those two up is um, when we had not when Fort Worth had the opportunity to uh, essentially you know make investments and improvements on our homeless shelters and our homeless communities. Um, those were the two people who made an alternate project that basically cut it in half. Uh, saying, you know, other people of other economic classes needed that money too. Essentially saying for the homeless. Uh, also, on the Panther Project, yeah. I didn't know this. Um, Betsy Price is one of the reasons it's been taking so long. Like, huh. she's been beefing with the uh, with the people from the Water District. Yeah. And kind of blaming J.D. Granger a little bit. Mm, yeah, she and, totally threw him under the bus. Yeah. 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 There's contention then, between her and Kay. They do not like each other. Uh, no. And Kay was even trying to run for mayor. Was it last <laughs> cycle or two cycles ago? I didn't know. Um, and so, yeah, they, they don't get along. So I'm not surprised that she's throwing her son under the bus publicly. Yeah. Because that's just yeah. another way to get digs. Yeah. Well, um, so can I... <laughs> I, I have some optimism about the project. Okay, good. If I could yeah, yeah. jump in. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, um, okay, so I've been watching like a ton of urban planning um, YouTube. I don't know if you guys are. Yeah, are there's into, some good channels out there. Into urban planning YouTube or if the listeners are, but like urban planning YouTube is like pretty freaking cool. It's pretty um, awesome. And so I actually watched a City Beautiful. City Beautiful is one of the channels. Yeah, City Beautiful. What's the other one? No, um, no bikes. Um, n not just bikes. Not just bikes. Yeah, yeah. go so, check out those channels. So I think actually, like, not just bikes. Um, did a uh, like they on that channel. Um, they focus a lot on walkable cities. Um, and how like different cities like around the world, but also like they cover the guy that does it is from the U.S. Although he lives in. A walkable city in Denmark now. Yeah. Um, I think it's the Netherlands. Oh, is it the Netherlands? Okay. Um, well, um, I knew it was somewhere cool. Um, but so they make these videos about um, walkable cities and like the different zoning regulations that the U.S. has um, that really keep us from really achieving a really nice um, walkable city area. But what a lot of cities have been doing are, um, you know, like taking up highway space um, where they like shut down part of the highway. I think yes. um, I think there is uh, a project going on in Seattle that's like in the works um, where they're going to like shut down like a good portion of their um, oceanfront highway and convert it where the highway is still there, but it's like no cars are allowed to drive there. And um, put in, of course, like, real estate property um you know commercial properties for you know restaurants shopping you know all the things that americans love 
Um, but it's going to make the city a lot more walkable. Um, and when you have walkable areas in your city, it actually ends up being really positive and um, at least like for the community as well. And, um, you know, it's like cutting down the amount of, um, you know, cars um, and like emissions that are given off. Um, of course, we're already a city, you know, thanks to Betsy that, you know, is very pro cycling or at least like we say we are. Uh, <laughs> And so yeah. I don't know who's like adopted cycling. When the cameras are there, she likes taking pictures with bikes. Okay. That's what she likes to do. Well, I just mean like for the rest of the city, like I don't yeah. know who has like adopted cycling as like their primary means of transportation at this point. In time. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, they've added bike lanes, but if you, there's still five the lanes of cars there. You know, people the, aren't really using the bike mm -hmm. lanes because the, there's still too many frigging cars. Right. right and right. the culture hasn't yeah. changed yet, you know, but the infrastructure is being put in for that to change. And I think that because I am pro walkable cities, I am pro cutting carbon emissions. I would like to see less cars on the road in the in Fort Worth where people can walk if they want to or they can bike if they want to. And having something like this, like a like, um, you know, kind of in the style or tradition of like San Antonio's Riverwalk would, um, you know, be something that like really brings that like you know like walkable desire or you know like at least like knowing that like what our city could be more walkable and um i'm not explaining yeah no it could have I, but, I hear you it could have a ripple off effect if we have a section yeah. of the city because of where it's located we're not going to be able to really build roads here because there's a river right there right so it's going to have yeah. to be walkable but however getting to it <clears throat> we're still going to have to probably take a car to get to <laughs> Well, to yeah. get to downtown to get to this thing. But, but yeah, if, if it gets you. people outdoors and it gets people walking around and they're like, oh, wow, like this is really a really cool part of Fort Worth. Like, mm -hmm. you know, because the Fort Worth, like depending on where you are, it can be so different, you know, um, like there's not like a cohesive like vibe in this city. Yeah. It's all very segregated, literally. Um, and so I, or it was, <laughs> and has not recovered. No, it still that. is. I mean, you can you know, economically so, segregated. I think we yeah, could say so yeah, racially so, too, but and, that's not what we're talking about. And so having something like this where people are like, oh, you know, like we're, it's date night. We're going to go to the river walk area and being out there and being like, you know, I wish I had a little bit of this vibe in our neighborhood or, you know, like yeah. I wish we could just do this in our neighborhood so we don't have to drive to the other side of the city to like get some, you know, to get like this type of, of um, outing or vibe or whatever. Um, and I think it could have positive effects for the city. And it makes sense, you know, since we have put all of this like bike infrastructure in and spent quite a bit of money doing that, you know, like it could be like a cycling destination um, for people. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know. I, I know that like I'm not for any of the corruption that has come with this project. I'm obviously like not for like if I remember correctly, um, J.D. Granger was like pocketing some of the money yep. somehow, yeah. some way. You know, like obviously I'm not for that. Um, and I and I definitely don't want to see taxpayer money wasted. Um at this point, I'm like, let's just do it. <laughs> let's like keep oh. the corruption out and like let's see like if it does have the positive impact for yeah. the community that we think also, it would. Yeah. Also, Betsy did go to when Trump was in office to them and asked for federal funding mm -hmm. about to, to the tune about of about two hundred fifty million dollars. Mm -hmm. But ain't nobody knows where it is right now. Well, that's a th it. So that was one of the things yeah. they said the administration of the Congress actually was like, yes, we will give you that money. It passed. But the 
mm-hmm. is the way, the way government works. You have to pass the allocation bill to actually allocate the money, and that never happened. Right. So, oh, so that's so it. we never got right it. Now. Yeah. Uh, so I this, remember wow. that. Yeah. I remember that now. Okay. And so this is kind of, uh, I want to touch that's about true. one or two more things okay. before we move on to the next story. But like, that's one of the things Kay Granger has uh, flipped the, the script on, essentially. She uh, voted against the infrastructure bill earlier this year, um, you know, because she voted with along party lines. It was pretty much a partisan, like all the Republicans stuck together. She criticized the infrastructure bill that Biden's administration was passing. And uh, but because of that bill, now we're getting this, you know, yeah. all of this money. That's where this money is coming yeah. from. Exactly. Like, so, <laughs> so she's changed her tune now and is and is kind of acting like that. She never said that. And now that she now she's for the money. Um, <laughs> she was for it the whole time, guys. Yeah. So I don't know. I just wanted to throw that in there. Uh, we do have a couple of quotes from Maddie Parker that I just wanted to read in regards to her take on on this money and the project. Um. She says, uh, "We can, we quote, we can have progress that also really strays, uh, that really stays from one of our history and our heritage to understand what it looks like to move forward at the same time." I'm not exactly sure what she means by that, but yeah, it's um, that may seem nuanced to you, she says. But I think those of us in Fort Worth care deep, so deeply about our city. We want to make sure that we are still reflective of who we are as a community even as we become possibly the 10th, the ninth largest city in the country. So I, I think what she's saying is that we can change and grow as a city, but we can still hold on to our roots. And I guess, and I guess it depends on what roots we're talking we about. stay Republican and still yeah. move a bunch of people in here. Yeah, I think don't, that's kind of what she's don't saying. Don't worry, white people will still be in charge. Yeah. <laughs> Not really. But. So she continues, uh, waterfront <laughs> property in the middle of Fort Worth, Texas is is a pretty significant opportunity. It's activated along the river, so we think that this truly is a differentiating factor for our community to be able to develop and double the size of downtown in one of the largest, fastest-growing cities in the country. I can't think of another city that can say that right now with that amount of land that's going to become available. So I think she's making a good point. If we just look at all the big cities in the country, how many of them are doing this type of development where they're like getting essentially more real estate than existed there before? Like if you can imagine New York, one of the like the densest populated cities, there is no more real estate. Like <laughs> this is why everything's is so friggin' expensive over there. Like they've used up all of the possible land. We're essentially getting more out of this, out of this re, re you know diverting of the Trinity River. That is a big thing. That's interesting. Um, so in regards to like how farther, how much further ahead economically, if we're going to look at this from a competitive angle as a city, um, what could that do for the city? I think it, she, it, she makes a really good point. That could really do a lot. Now the question becomes, okay, cool. The city gets more money because more money is coming through, mostly through property taxes because that's the only way we get money, essentially. <laughs> um, yeah. Does that money then make it down to the rest of us in the form of being spent on things like or to any other part of the city for that matter (laughs) exactly that's what i'm saying Mm -hmm. like there is potential here for this to be a really good thing for all of us but we have to make sure that that tax money that is being generated from this is being spent 
on us rather than just more tax cuts to the corporations. I mean, essentially, you know, the, right. for those who maybe don't know how taxes work, it's just a big pile of money that the government makes at the end of the year. Who is donating to that pile? Is it the people of Fort Worth or is it the corporations who's donating more donating? Who's ta paying their taxes, right? And if you want to call taxation theft, fine, that's another whole issue. If you're paying them, you're paying them. Um, we don't have billions of dollars. You and me and most of the listeners out there, I imagine, we don't have that money. If you're taking, you know, 10% of a billion dollars, 20% of a billion dollars versus 20, 30% of, of our income or our, our, our property, mm -hmm. right? Um, you're going to get a much smaller amount of money from us. Uh, so we need to be making sure that the people with all the money, the corporations with all the money are paying their fair share and that that money is actually making it to us. And so that's what I'm curious to see. There is a great opportunity here. Um, fingers crossed. Hopefully it it benefits all of us. That's that's really my biggest concern. Yeah. And the thing is, like, this is kind of like a triple down economics thing. And I don't think. Yeah. I see that money being generated and then immediately used for both corporate tax cuts. Yeah. And vanity projects. I don't see it going to like the homeless. I don't see it helping with the bus issue. I don't even see it going to Panther Island. You know, if I have to be a betting man, I'd say they're going to they're going to cut more tax corporate taxes yep. and then they're going to put a couple more vanity projects so it looks like they're doing something i mean it could go they could pay for tcc too that's another word, like place it could go we could have free community college here like that not that that's that that's would be not going to happen but it could right that's another thing that we could do with this money that's another thing that the county does tarrant county so these people who are coming in running for county commission that would be something that they would do so i know thomas you said earlier like betsy's not mayor anymore so maybe you know there's going to be some changes in how this Tarrant County Water District thing goes. But if she becomes county judge, which is the essentially the mayor of the county, uh, she mm -hmm. may arguably have more power over how this goes down. I would Oh yeah, no, she's certainly. gonna have a lot more power. Yeah. Yeah. Like and here's here's the thing that worries me is like Betsy the thing about Betsy is she was actually, you know, for all of her moral flaws, um She's really effective as a public servant. I'm sorry, she is. Like, if her goals had been aligned with ours, there'd be a lot more getting done. I'm very like afraid her. because for a mayor, she she was able to to wield a lot more power and influence than someone in her position should be able to. And if she becomes county judge, which is honestly like real talk, she's probably the front front runner right now. Yeah, um, she is. Oh, most certainly. She's yeah. probably, she's almost guaranteed to win I mean, if we're being real about it. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. yeah. So, and again, when it comes to the, so this is a great segue. <coughs> Going into talking about that real quick. Again, primaries. Like, if you want to have an influence, like, should Betsy or not be, have the chance uh, to be county commissioner? Like, we decide that first in the primary, that which is on March 1st, or you can vote early, you know, a month from now mm -hmm. or less than a month from now. Well, can I, so, like, I just wanted to say you know, not to cut you off. I no, apologize. you're fine. But like along that same line, along those same lines, um, you know, like like what Thomas to what you were saying, you know, about um, you know, how is this money going to be allocated? It's most likely going to be used for some vanity projects and um, you know, like finding a way to you know like cut um, taxes for those property owners, you know, um, <clears throat> so that, you know, those of us who are homeowners, you know, and, you know, middle to lower class are like going to carry that tax burden. Um, like to like, like I'm mad about that. And I 
don't, you know, I mean, I hate that that is like most likely like what is going to happen. But at the same time, you know, like I don't, we cannot expect anything different from these people, you know, like, like Mm. them coming in and, you know, like fighting for like their own interests and like stepping on the rest of us. Like that is so shitty. And like, we keep pointing the finger at them. Like these people suck, like they're terrible people, you know, like so on and so forth. And all of those things are true. But at this point in time, we have no reason to think that they are that is ever going to change, that they are going to change yep. their own behavior and just wake up one day and be like, you know what, like maybe I should consider the interests of the people that live in this community instead of my own interests. Like, yeah, it's not going to happen. That's never going to happen. So no. really, it's it's on us if that continues, you know, like yeah. it is 100 percent our own faults if we can't you know, like become more politically active and engage in local politics in a meaningful way. Like we deserve to get stepped on because we're not doing anything about it. We're just kind of laying down and being like, okay, fine. Like Mm -hmm. I'm going to continue to pay more property taxes than probably some of these, you know, like people that are owning this commercial real estate. And I don't know that that's true. I'm just saying. Yeah, that's Um, an example. Well, no, I I want to just, you said 100% responsible. I'd say like 75% because the other 25% to Thomas just, what happened? Still here. Uh, Okay, something happened. I don't know what that was. Um, The other 25% is this voter suppression, right? Like the fact that they're preventing some of us, Mm -hmm. particularly those most vulnerable, the elderly, those who can't make it to the polls for whatever reason. Uh, I saw stories, uh, some, uh, a candidate uh, for office, I don't remember exactly, I think it was in Houston, uh, was going around, you know, getting constituents to register to sign up to vote. And because of the new laws that they passed, if you don't check the box of like how you registered the first time. So this woman's like in her 90s and she registered in the six in, ni- in the 1960s. So she doesn't remember if she used her social security number to register or her address or something like that. And so because they picked right. the wrong thing, they booted, they rejected her. So she had to just get started all over again. And this lady's like blind. She's practically deaf. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like, these are the people that they're cutting out and they have just as much of a right as every one of us to voice and vote their opinion. So, I mean, I, I agree with you, Amber, we are certainly responsible and it is up to us to get these people out of office, but there's a certain percentage of like, you know, that they're trying to take that power away from us. And, and we have to fight to keep that power. Right. 100%, 100%, 100%. And if we so fail their to goal do those, is to keep that, people apathetic. Yeah, yeah. And like if we exactly. can't, you know, I mean, if we are just going to be like, all right, they're taking all of our voting rights away and like let me just uh, go back. You know, I don't know if people even do brunch anymore. Let me just go about my life and watch Netflix instead. You know what I mean? Then, like, that's like still on us as well. Yeah. You know, and right. it's like the fact that it doesn't that, matter. Like, Your vote doesn't count. That, that's li- literally what they'll tell you. Yeah, and people and people think that, and that's and, all they need to win. That's all they need to maintain power is to prevent people from voting. So you're, and if, but on the flip side of that, on the positive note, like again, because these turnouts are so low. Like you can swing a precinct, you can swing a section of the city, a district um, with just a couple of hundred votes, meaning like if 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 there's five of you people out there listening right now and you guys get, you know, all of your friends and family involved or something, five or 10 people each, you know, that is going to actually make a difference. Um, And so, I mean, again, that's why we're here is to try and give you guys accurate information as accurate as we can. 
uh, to empower you guys yeah. to understand what, you know, what your vote will actually do and how it'll make an effect. Did we ever look at like the turnout for like the last Fort Worth city council election? Cause it was yeah. big. It was the biggest we've yeah. ever had. But it still it was, was high. Like, yeah, it was so it, it, I don't remember ex exactly the council members, but as far as, uh, for mayor, it was in May before the runoff, it was about 60,000 people who voted. Now think about this. There's, there's what, like just under a million people in Fort Worth? Just under like a million. 000. I think the registered voters are about 450,000-ish. Yeah. Um, 450,000 registered voters in Fort Worth. Only yeah. 60,000 of them showed yeah. up. And then we predicted. That is nothing. Exactly. And we predicted that the runoff between Peoples and Parker was going to drop in turnout, but it didn't. It increased. It went up to about 80,000, mm -hmm. which is, again, like I said, historic. <laughs> this is more people than ever who have voted. However, that's still like 8% or something of, yeah. like, of, the, of the possible, you know, voting population. Um, so again, like this, you know, if we could just, you know, you know, increase turnout by 15 or 20% or something like that. Like that's going to, that's enough to swing an election. Um, so yeah, I don't know. So it, it, in regards to, you know, the people coming up, so we've got Republican, five Republicans that are running for County judge. And we've already talked kind of about Betsy price. She's obviously the front runner. She's got, if you go anywhere in the County, you'll see those price signs that look like best buy advertisements with like yep. a little price tag on it, little yellow, yellow and black price tags. So we got her. We're not going to talk about her because we've talked about her. You guys know who Can she is. Can we talk about the sign for just a second, though? <laughs> like, okay, so. All right, so you guys, remember when um, remember when Brian Bird was running and he had, like, the, the sign with, like, the little owl or whatever? Mm -hmm. um, it was also yellow and black. It was also yellow and black. So he, remember, it, he used the same, um, I guess, like, I don't know if you call it, like, a marketing company or, like, campaign, like, advertisement people or whatever like he used uh the same people that ted cruz had used um and remember they like kind of like messed around and made a huge mistake by uh well i don't know i i thought i saw it as a mistake maybe people thought it was like smart or something um but remember it was like those same people that took that sign of the police car on fire from that um <laughs> from that right. riot in france that's right that's right. um or the protest mm. in france rather and they mailed it out to everybody and then they they used it for his campaign um advertisement and yeah everybody got it in the mail and there was like we we who were all out there protesting were like wait like there were no police cars like set on fire in the city like no like, there, what is there were not and it and then it came out later <laughs> that it was actually like not even like from in this America, country or whatever yeah so and, yeah. and those are the same people that like came up with like the bird, like you know, oh, there's bird in his last name. His last name is Bird. Like, let's put a picture of put an owl on, on this. Yeah, like let's put a bird on it or whatever. Like, I I'm wondering if it's the same people that like Betsy is using now. Probably. And, and they're just like, oh, her last name oh. is Price. Like, let's use, use a like a tag. discount, like like a Dollar General looking like price tag or whatever. They <laughs> like, sound like the creative for like pro wrestling, like just. The worst ideas you've ever yeah, like, heard, like, and they're gonna do it anyways. Devoid of like any creativity, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> um, and so I don't know. Like, I would just like I'm just like my like you know this is not your creator there, but like my own curiosity is like I wonder if it's like the same like horrible like advertisement. I mean, we can look at that's we can find that out if we want know. if we want to talk about it next episode. We can. Um. So besides Mrs. Price, 
and her her obviously she's got the most money behind her. So again, this is why she's the front runner. There's four other people running against her on the Republican side. So if we're wanting to, you know, if the Republicans are wanting to cut price out, they could vote for one of these other people in the primary and price wouldn't be a candidate anymore. The whoever wins the primary is, is the candidate. So we've got Brian Byron, Byron Bradford is a, he's a 50 year old, uh, small employee management business owner and retired service member. He's got like 29 years in the army. He's the only veteran for running. It's an African-American man who in his picture has a cowboy hat and a big, beautiful smile. Um, if elected, he is for, as all of the Republicans are, lowering property taxes, encouraging economic development uh, by promoting secondary education. Uh, and he's, you know, he's focusing on technical schools, particularly his what stance sticks him out against the rest is that he is for stricter penalties for repeat offenders in our communities. Oh, my God. So he wants to lock more people up. Um, which we've already got a problem with in this city. So, you know, his, this guy... That, that's a publicity thing, because everyone 100%. loves authoritarianism. Yeah, I mean, they're all kind of like that, but that's... I, the mm. Other candidates aren't leaning on that one issue. <laughs> I wonder if he's um, like... Oh, never mind, I'm not going to say that. What? Well, I mean, I just... I feel like when... And, and it, I don't know, like... I, I don't know if this is like appropriate or not or whatever, but, like, I feel like sometimes when, you know, there's, like, black... um black republicans running they have to like i guess like go harder go harder you know yeah. like on like quote like like black issues or whatever um you know and like prove that you know like they're not gonna be like sympathetic towards other black people or whatever and i just i don't know i just like really i really hate that and i'm so this is what here, here's this quote on the issue uh there have been several instances of dui causing fatalities in our particular area we need to come up with a harsher penalty or strict penalty for repeat offenders especially with those repeat offenders that cause fatalities and are ruining families because of their lack of awareness or just bad decision making um so again this is just par for the course for any conservative essentially putting the emphasis on the individual and mm -hmm. oh that's your problem rather than maybe looking at the larger systemic issues that lead to and cause uh these types of problems that problem yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like he's like saying like we need a system for a addressing this <sighs> problem, but it's like on the wrong end of it, in my opinion. Well, yeah, he's saying punish the individual who does these things because yeah. as as we hopefully all know by now, um, the harder you punish people, it has nothing to do with recidivism or like decreasing right. <laughs> decreasing crime. Uh, doesn't doesn't do that. Well, and the criminal justice system like isn't an effective isn't, means of yeah. addressing like alcoholism or any type of like, no. substance use issues. No, it's not about that. Yeah, it's not about that. So that's one guy. Uh, another guy is Robert Trevor Buker or Bucker B U K E R. Uh, he's thirty eight. Yeah. He's been working as a correctional officer for the past ten years. Is a self described constitutionalist. Uh, and as has said, his experience in corrections has allowed him to see the also, judicial side. He looks form. exactly how you think he would. Yeah, he's got a big old goat. He oh, looks like younger. half the people I went to high school he's with. He's younger than I thought he would be. <laughs> yeah, he's got a big old goatee and a and a big old cowboy hat. Um, Do you have to wear a cowboy hat to be running for Republican uh, or to be running for like county judge? Maybe. Inter I don't know. County? Looks like a lot of people that I went to high school with. Um, just yeah. kind of like you know. A country dude, bro. I don't know how else to put it. Um, he says, uh, 
the biggest thing is if you're not willing to follow the constitution into your job, that's a big problem. What? What does that even mean? I don't know because uh, (laughs) most people don't work for uh, public institutions like the city or the county. Most people work for private companies. Uh, And in those private companies, listener, I'm sure you know, the Constitution has nothing to do with any of that stuff. Private companies can treat you as authoritarian as they would like, and that's perfectly legal. Um, He doesn't seem to. Maybe he's saying because he's a corrections officer, right? Yeah. yeah. Maybe he's trying to be like, I acknowledge that these people who are in this system and that are in jail and prison like do have constitutional <coughs> rights and my job as a correction officer is to make sure their rights aren't being violated. Like, maybe uh, it was that's, positive. That's not the vibe that I'm getting from here. <laughs> um, no, no. And it, uh, maybe I don't want to throw out the word racist, but like race, I'm, I'm getting racism vibes um, from this. So he talked about issues with the Tarrant County Health Director Vinny Teneha, who we've talked about earlier at the beginning of the pandemic, quote, not having a medical degree or certification and his belief that the election administrator can swing a race. Now, the Fort Worth report clarifies Vinny Teneha does have a medical degree, but it's from India Mm -hmm. and he has a master's degree in public health. Mm -hmm. Um, But I guess because it's not an American degree, this guy is not recognizing it as such. Um, Well, that's kind of fair enough. Not not to rip on India, but India does have like a really big like counterfeit degree problem. I don't know what the deal is. I'm not saying it's not a legitimate degree. I'm I've saying never that heard like saying you have a degree from India isn't necessarily the most credible thing because of how they do their educational system. I'm gonna I mean, completely disagree with you 100, percent Thomas. Yeah, I don't know about that, I, buddy. I, I went to yeah. <laughs> I went to UTA where. Mm-hmm. Um, it has like the like lar- one of the like largest like international like student right. like serving programs and, uh-huh. and there's a like, lot of people from India with degrees. That oh, I'm not saying American I'm not idea, saying yeah. it's not legitimate. I'm saying that that is a legitimate issue that's been going on there because what'll happen is people will go in there and they'll basically pay stupid amounts of money just for the piece of paper and not actually go. So we had um, we had something like that in America. It was called Trump University. I don't know if you guys remember that one. Yeah, yeah. Have, yeah. It's like very it's incredibly similar to that. Like it's almost the exact profit. same thing that, that I, happened there. It's just I guess what I'm a lot the, more the point I'm making, Thomas, is that I don't think we can single out an individual country and say like, oh, this country right. has bad degrees because all countries have scam artists, right? All countries right, have right. institutions that'll I'm not, I'm not so, saying know? that either. I'm just kind of playing devil's advocate a little bit. I'm not saying it's a good advocacy. Sure, sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> so that's uh that's um Mr. Oh, I told you. What's his name? Buker, Mr. Robert Trevor Buker. So if you think he would do a better job than Mrs. Price and you're a Republican listening to this, uh, go vote for homeboy. Uh, we've got two more. Tim O'Hare. So Tim O'Hare, I think, is maybe the closest competitor to, to, to Betsy yeah. on this. He's 52. He's a real estate investor and attorney who founded his own law firm in 2001. He served as a city council member for Farmers Branch from 2008 to 2011. And here we go. If you've heard his name before, it's probably from this. Uh, in 2016, he was elected Tarrant County Republican chair and most recently founded the South Lake Families Political Action Committee, or PAC, uh, a conservative Judeo-Christian interest group in South Lake. This is the same interest group. If you guys have been keeping up with what's been going on in South Lake, 
in regards to their schools in the school district and specifically the city freaking out about CRT being taught in South Lake. And there was a big is made national news, and I believe we covered it when it happened. His organization is one of the organizations that was, quote unquote, sounding the alarm or ringing the bell about this, quote unquote, CRT being taught in South Lake sort of thing. So I think he's recently made his name more popular or more out in the in the public eye because of his outspokenness on race in school in South Lake. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's that's kind of his thing. Um, he is putting himself against Betsy saying she's been here for a long time. You want to get new blood in here. We don't need the same people running the uh, different offices for 20, 30, 35 years. Which uh, I agree with that sentiment. Yeah, 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 we 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 do. I would like to not have the same lady in here again. Like for a I, lot of these people, I don't think I want that dude. Well, yeah, here. that's no. exactly. <laughs> like I don't think so. So uh, he says, "quote," and I don't know if he sounds like this, but I'm gonna t- I'm gonna use an accent. We're in a battle for the heart and soul of what kind of nation we're gonna be. We need somebody who will stand up for pro-American values and traditional values. Um. So again, I don't know, par for the course for Republican. Like this is kind of this what they all like say, right? All like coded language for white supremacy. See, that's what I hear too, but yeah. I don't want to I don't want to yeah. go there. Oh, we, I'm we, going you there. can't you I'm can't I, oh, you can't nail it down for sure. But yeah, there's some dog whistles. There's some dog whistles in here, right? But again, it, if the dog whistles like one are of those too. good old boys, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's he's grinning. He looks like a real estate agent like he in his picture. He does not have a cowboy he is. hat. He does not so have a cowboy he's hat. He's disqualified from the race. And you know what? I wonder if that's going to affect his 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 turnout for or his yeah. That that's what it's gonna be. I didn't vote for him because he didn't have a cowboy hat. Exactly. You, some people, man. Some people vote for whatever reasons. Not everybody votes on policy. Listener, we hope that you vote on policy. That's like really what matters, not on these cultural issues, not on these optical issues about whether or not they have a hat. But I understand human beings are gonna be human beings. We vote for all sorts of different reasons. But I urge you to vote mm-hmm. for the for the p- policy because that's actually what affects our lives. And then the last candidates, Betsy Price. And oh wait no so there there was a there's a fifth one, her name's Kristen Collins, and I'm just going to read the two sentences that are here on the article. Quote: The Fort Worth report was unable to find any contact information or website for Kristen Collins. Multiple attempts were made to obtain contact information through third party sources with no success. So if you listen to us last election cycle last year, uh, there were multiple candidates for city council that just had no info on them. Like they filed no. to run. They never put up a website. They didn't have any social media or, or didn't answer any questions from media. So it's like, okay, she's not going to get any votes. I don't, I don't know what her deal is, but yeah, there's another girl lady. I don't know anything about her. Kristen Collins is running too. Yeah. I think we had one person at least like, I'm not even sure how they got away with it. I don't even think they had a phone number or an email or anything. It was literally just an address. Yeah, that's right. It that's was a right. Russian bot. <laughs> and, and you know what? <laughs> Maybe, you know, there is. Yeah. So there's not a single Democrat Mm. running for for uh, county. No, there's two. Oh, those were just the Republican candidates that that I'm framing Mm. them together because in the primary. Right. Only one of them is going to win. Yeah. 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 I just I was just. Yeah. So we've got two Democrats. We've got. One that everybody is familiar with, Deborah Peoples. Right. Deborah yeah. Peoples has, we, there was speculation, I think, on our last episode back in like the end of November. We were like, we think Deborah's running. There's like speculation she's going to, but she hadn't announced yet. Uh, she is officially yeah. running against Betsy again. Um, and I, we, we've already done this before. We've already done this a couple of times. Um, I am not optimistic about her chances in this election as well. <laughs> um, 
maybe it'll be different because it's a county election, but apparently she is not the Tarrant County Democratic Party chair anymore. I don't think the way the article Yeah, she stepped down to to focus on the uh, mayor race. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, because, yeah, I remember that was, like, there was a partisan issue or conflict of interest. Like, oh, she's part of the party sort of thing, which, you know, that that is an issue. Um, but now, like, it was, like, past tense in the article. So, okay, cool. It's like, she's not anymore. But she's essentially, you know, if you don't know about Mrs. Peoples, she's worked for AT&T for, like, 20 years um, as, like, a VP. Uh, it's very corporate. And she even says, like, she says, quote, I am this unique blend of corporate and community. What I bring is not only my wealth of experience, but my ability to problem solve and my commitment to the citizens. Now, the wealth of experience she's talking about is is being a VP in a corporation like AT&T, which I would argue is not the same as being a public servant in a, no. in a public entity like a county or city. But, um, you know, I've got I've got issues with Mrs. Peoples and we've, we've kind of talked about them before. But she's better than any, than any of these other people, you know, like Who's the other person running. So, OK, yeah, the other guy is just one gentleman. His name is Marvin Sutton. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, he's actually from from Arlington. He was on yeah. the city council. I think he might have been my representative. Let's see. He was. Okay. But he yeah, he ran for mayor, but he came in third. He's not too bad, but he doesn't have the name or recognition that Deborah Peoples has. Yeah. Uh, he says, I want to bring people back to the table. I want to feel like you can trust your government just like you can trust your best friend. Okay. Like, I mean, that's that's not going to happen in this state. People hate the government. No. Um, no. But yeah, I get, I get the sentiment. I, I like the sentiment. I like the, the sentiment, vibe, too. Uh, but he says, as counter judge, he would lower property taxes and work with cities to stimulate economic growth and improve the county's response to COVID-19. Well, that might be enough to, you know, uh, mobilize some people like people don't want to pay property taxes yeah people yeah and so uh i guess in regards to policy that peoples was talking about um she she too wants to you know increase excuse me our response to covid19 actually have the city do more things about it she wants to increase the quality of care at jps which is a county issue that certainly needs to be yeah. done jps is incredibly underfunded yeah um so that's good i'm glad that she's for that um, she's also for increasing oversight into the county jail, which if you didn't know, yeah. listener, 17 people died in Tarrant County jail yeah. last year. Um, so there certainly needs to be in, uh, oversight into that body. Um, our friends over at, uh, I out of Tarrant County. Yeah. I out of Tarrant. Um, mm-hmm. they, they've been on this issue. If you want to go back and check their social medias or whatever, they are always keeping people up to date in regards to what's going on in that jail always filing uh, Freedom of Information Act requests to get info to, on the data, especially at the beginning of the pandemic. Like, They're still doing all of the information requests for the COVID cases in the jail and how they're not, you know, like controlling um, or really doing like as much to try to control the spread. It's and bad. They're like, you know, like sending people out to like other facilities like with COVID and, and yeah. Yeah, it's bad. They've been doing doing really good work on that. For the, the literally this since this whole pandemic has been going on, and so I mean that really, if you want to talk about you know criminal justice for just a second, or talk about the treatment of people in jails, um, some people are of the belief that just if you're a criminal, then you're just a piece of shit, uh, and that you just deserve whatever happens to you, um, and yeah. so it's okay if we you know treat people like pieces of shit in uh, in the jails. However, like if you believe humans 
you know, deserve fair and equal treatment and that every human has the capability to be a good person, do good things, like then you should not be okay with the fact that we're treating people like less than animals in these, in these jails, which is what we're doing. Um, so, you know, I'm glad that she's making that one of her issues that she's for, and I'm totally for getting more transparency more and more funding for, for the jail so we can treat people better. Like if you look at Norway, for instance, Amber, what are they doing in Norway to their prisoners or in the Scandinavian model? What does that look Um, like? It just kind of depends on like which country you're looking at. Um, I think Norway has, um, I think their like maximum like prison sentence is like 27 years or something like that. Um. So like, even if you like do a murder um, or like the the harshest crimes, like um, they don't take your entire life away from you, um, and they also have like a much lower recidivism rate. Like whereas here in the U.S., like our recidivism rate is like sixty four percent. You know, so that means that you know recidivism basically can be defined as like returning to prison. So three out of five people, um, essentially, ish. Um, I can't do the odds in my head. You said sixty six or something like that. It's like sixty four. Um, and that number may have changed. That's older. It might be. It might be higher or lower than that now. But that's like recidivism or returning to jail or prison. Um, within three years. So that means that sixty four percent of people who are released from prison are back in prison. Um, within three years time, and that's not normal. Um, for the rest of the globe. Um, certainly not in the Scandinavian model. I think in Norway, their recidivism rate is four percent of people Boom. who are released um, from prison. And you know return. what? If if you want to look at it just from a sheer financial perspective, it's incredibly expensive to house and take care of somebody in a jail sale yeah, for it's like 50, years. Fifty four thousand dollars a year per, uh, per, person. per person, and we have like I think two million people in jail in this country. So I mean. I mean, yeah, like the, the the amount of money that we're spending on like ruining people's lives forever, um, sending people, you know, breaking people and then, you know, sending them back out into the community with like no social support or ability to even like get jobs. Um, you know, I mean, we're, we're doing like a, a great harm to our own communities by doing this because yep. people are not going to be in, in jail forever. And if you treat them like human beings while they're in there, they're a lot more likely to, you know, be um you Human know more productive more productive like yeah when they leave so so yeah but it also it's like jails you know yeah it, it's like people you know when they they lose sight of this thing you know we won't be reactive to this thing but it, they don't realize if you're not actually rehabilitating the people in there you're just you're exacerbating the problem and being unnecessarily cruel you know if you Absolutely. just keep punishing and punishing and punishing but you don't do any correction that's not going to help anything. Yeah, nope. people are like, you know, typically like really traumatized from, you know, being in a prison environment. And I think it's just mm -hmm. comes down to, you know, you know, like what what does justice mean, you know, to to us as a society? Um, you know, some people want a like retributive style of justice or like a, a vengeful style of justice, where, which is what we have, where people, you know, right. like are paying some they're atoning you know, for whatever they've done, whatever harm they've done, um, you know, or like we could have like a more like restorative or transformative model of justice where, you know, people are maybe doing a crime and, you know, maybe learning from that um, how to be a better person like in their time yeah. in state care. 
Um, but rather than that, um, we're really breaking these people and people are returning to the community worse off mentally and certainly, you know, socioeconomically than they were than, than when they went in. And so, you know, they're like more likely to reoffend because of those conditions that that we have created and imposed on them. Right. Um, I think. And, sorry, go ahead. I was go just going to say, like, it, it's no surprise, you know, when you look at like these conditions that 64 percent of people are, are back in prison, you know, after three years of release. Yeah. And I think another problem we're having is, you know, most people aren't educated on the issues. Yeah. And for some reason, most people, they'll say, oh, we want liberty and everything. But when you break things down analytically, uh, there actually is a lot of people who actually support authoritarian policies like, uh, yep. you know, this reactive uh, response to crime. I mean, law and order is a really, really popular thing to campaign off of and people connect to it because they want to feel safe. They want to feel secure. They don't want to be scared. And so, like, it actually helps politicians more in, in electability to say, hey, we're going to throw them in jail, lock, mm -hmm. throw away the key, and mm -hmm. they ain't got no rights and all this instead of saying, oh, we're going to rehabilitate them and then send them back into society. Because then people are like, oh, they're just going to reoffend. You know, and that's, and that's a big problem. But they do it anyways. They yeah. do anyways. And that's the thing. And yeah. I think a lot of it is just like lack of imagination, right? Lack like, of compassion. Mm -hmm. Well, lack for, of compassion. And in our country in general. Like, there's just a lot of people that have the Hobbesian perspective that yeah. humans suck. Right. That we're bad. And that if, if, if we don't have the right surface incentive structures or whatever to make us good, then we're just not worth anything. Um, and that only the ones who pick themselves up by their own individualistic bootstraps and, and prove their worth, those are the only ones that are actually worthy. Everybody else is, is, is dog. <coughs> and like, that's just, I just completely 100% disagree with this perspective of humanity. However, a lot of people in America share that perspective, well, unfortunately. Yeah, and I mean, my, I mean, I, I don't share that perspective. Like I am a compassionate person, but as a compassionate person, I do realize that you can't teach compassion. Um, you either have it or you don't. You can't teach empathy. You either have it or you don't. And so I think, um, you know, the solution is not going to be to appeal to um, people's sense of humanity in solving any of these social problems that we discuss on this show. That is a path that is going to take you nowhere. Um, mm. It should be enough to be like, hey, we should just treat people like human beings like that should be. That, that should be the end of the conversation, but it's not because some people simply don't care. Um, oh, I To me, a more pragmatic approach is going to be to like show people that what we are doing isn't working and it's not contributing to public safety. And in fact, it's making our communities less safe. And, um, right. be and like, it's expensive. Hey, it's expensive. There are yeah. other ways to do this that are more effective. Um, and you know, showing them like alternative options and how successful though those options could be is is going to be the path forward. Sadly, it's not enough to appeal to humanity. I agree. Sorry, listener, for us going off on this yeah. philosophical tangent, but I think it's important to contextualize our criminal justice system and see like where are these ideas? Why is it the way it is? Where are these ideas Especially actually Especially because from? so many people are running on it as a platform right now due yeah. to the crime spikes. Mm -hmm. Of COVID. So, yeah, and that it's it's a really popular thing, especially from like the the Republican side and even from the Democratic side, just because yeah. so many people yeah. respond to it. If you can get people emotional, 
those are the people who are going to donate. Those are the people who are going to vote. And that's why you see such a big push for that is they look for little wedge issues that's going to get people riled up. Yeah. I, I blame the true crime people. Like all these like yep. true crime podcasters and Netflix like doing all this true crime shit like without showing like a actual realistic like perspective of like what our criminal justice system looks like. They're just like, look at all these murderers. Do you want this to be you? And everybody's like, no, I don't want this to be me. Lock everybody in jail. And like people have this like unrealistic idea of like how much crime is actually occurring or like what the severity of that crime is. And it's just, I don't know, like the whole true crime craze, like I can't say enough bad things about it. And I absolutely hate it. So uh, continuing on, we're gonna try and wrap this up in the next 15, 20 minutes. Um, So we, on the authoritarian note, uh, let's talk about Greg Abbott for just a second. So I want to kind of frame this next chunk of the conversation is in regard to the governor's race, because again, we have a runoff going on on March 1st. It's not just for the county. It's also for the governor. Um, so Greg Abbott's, of course, running on the Republican side. Beto is running on the Democratic side. However, there's going to be people on both that are also running for Republican and Democrat for you know in, in the primary. So we'll talk more about them kind of as, as the, probably more on next episode. But Abbott is in the sight lines again or the or the gun sights of the media right now. He's under fire from the left and the right for his decision to essentially permanently deploy the state National Guard at the border. Uh, yeah. Oh, God. And not probably use permanently, maybe a little... Maybe a little strong, but there's Ind- for an indeterminate indefinitely. Of time. Yeah, exactly. Indefinitely. So I'm just going to read from this article um, from, from the week the, the the Peter Weber is the name of the journalist. Texas Governor Greg Abbott has made his deployment of state national state police and National Guard troops to the U.S.-Mexico border a centerpiece of his reelection campaign. But a growing chorus has begun criticizing him criticizing it, excuse me, as a politically motivated waste of $2 billion a year that forced hundreds of part-time troops to deploy to the border with inadequate resources, a fuzzy mission, COVID outbreaks, cramped housing, and delayed paychecks. That, that part got me. Yeah. So people, you know, the troops, specifically the troops that are being stationed on there, not happy about it. Obvious. <laughs> no. Uh, it's called Operation Lone Star, if you want to look it up. Um, but Alan West, uh, one of his you know opponents on the Republican side, is also kind of calling him out for for this bad, bad move. Essentially, a waste of a waste of Texas taxpayer dollars. Um, I liked it, what what Thomas said about about this. <laughs> like in the group chat, Thomas Thomas, what did you say? You were like. Um, you know it's bad when Beto O'Rourke and Alan West are agreeing on something. Yes, you also yes. know it's bad when whenever Alan West is actually making sense. Okay. Yeah. Like yeah. here's the messed up thing. Alan West is actually more qualified in military ma- matters than Greg Abbott. Greg so if he's is. saying, hey, maybe the National Guard shouldn't be here, maybe you should listen. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So how many people are down there? Well, in September. Abbott requested 1,500 National Guard troops to join the 500 that were already down there. Uh, And then uh, another 2,500 were requested. And by November of last year, his office boasted 10,000 National Guard members deployed at the border. This sounds like wartime. We've got less than 10,000 troops in many African countries doing stuff on the ground. And just in our state alone, we have 10,000 troops currently at the border. But what what are they doing? What are they doing down there? 
Um, essentially, from uh, an unnamed source down there at the... Oh, no, his name. Hugo Brito, a 20-year guard veteran who is down there, uh, said, this is just ridiculous. You're playing with my life and my family's life. Oh, there it is. But an additional unidentified active mm -hmm. guard member deployed near Brownsville was more blunt. And he said, quote, all we're doing is standing down here. If someone comes up, we ask them to stop and wait. We call Border Patrol. If someone runs, we call Border Patrol. We're basically mall cops at the border. Um, and since they've been down there, four guardsmen have committed suicide. So, yeah. yeah. Also, and this is just for political purposes in, in general. Um, never trust a politician who's willing to use military force who's never actually been in the military and seen any of that stuff. Oh, that's a really good point. That is that is not a good person. Especially when it's for their own political Yeah, game, just right? for like exactly. political clout. Like just like trying to follow like it's just like Greg Abbott just wants to beat Donald Trump so bad. And it's just like I'm gonna do like whatever Donald Trump does and try to be just like him because he's my hero and you know, blah blah blah, whatever. Um, and it's like it's like there's nothing happening at the border. Like, yes, there are people fleeing climate breakdown, people fleeing, you know, like uh, other types of like destabilization like in their own countries. Right. That's been going on this whole time. You know, like that's not mm -hmm. something that's new. new. Mm -hmm. It's been going on for years. Like we've been handling it for years. Like, sure, some people are going to go to these detention centers. Some people are going to get through. It doesn't really make that big of a difference. And like at that, we are like running out of people to do the types of jobs that like American and Texas citizens like don't want to do, right? Like like our whole like, you know, service industry, like restaurant industry is like only in existence like because of migrant workers. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. and Americans love to go out to eat. We're losing our freaking restaurants like because of, you know, I mean, that's just like a whole that's, other that's like cultural example. thing. But I mean, like, one example, you yeah, can ask many. why are people leaving, right? Like if you're talking about people from Honduras or people from El Salvador, why are they leaving? Well, it's because of violence and death right. and persecution in their countries. Well, why are the countries doing this to people? It's because of what America yeah. has done in these places historically over the past four or five decades. Yeah. And what locking these people up in the 80s and 90s in our prison system did, it created gangs like, oh, the the, the, the terror, you know, MS-13. Yeah. Well, that was created in our prison yeah, system. Our, totally and we deported fault. all of those guys back to El Salvador. Yeah. So what did they do when they got down there? They used their, you know, organized crime network to to maintain power and to create power. And so the, the people that they're running out of the country are looking for safety, just like people that are fleeing, you know, any Middle Eastern issues. People, they're still, if you don't know, there's still a war going on in Syria. Uh, there have been yeah. over a million Syrians that have had to flee that country. They're still leaving. Why are they leaving? Because there's a war going on in their country. Why the hell would you stay there? Right. Um, and so, like, yeah. why the hell would these people stay if their lives are in danger? They're going to go where the prosperity is. They're going to go where they think they're going to be protected. And by the way, I just want to mention, like, the detention camps that we were talking about last year under the Trump administration, they're still there. Yeah, they're not going they, they didn't go anywhere. No. Like, just because Biden was president doesn't mean all that went away. Yeah, it, Biden he just, hasn't done He hasn't done anything about that. Like, it, it just stopped talking about it. Yeah. But it, the, I just want to declare it like those that that is still going on. Well, and see, that's the weird thing, right? Because like, like, and that's, I don't know, that's like another reason why I think it's like such a dumbass move on like Abbott's part is like, you know, like if Biden 
had, you know, done what he should have done and come in and been like, you know what? Um, you know, people, humans, human beings have a right to migration. We've been migrating since we could walk on two legs, right? Yep. That's a human right. right. Um, you know, we should allow, you know, A, like these people are asylum seekers. We should grant them asylum, right? Because they are fleeing, you know, issues like you just described, Anthony. But in addition to that, like issues that our government has caused, right? Yes. Uh, a lot yeah. of it's like the de deforestation and, yeah. um, you know, climate breakdown that is like causing these people to migrate, which is our fault because we're, yeah. you know, yeah. like em emitting all these CO2 emissions. Um, Y'all are being really cetera, nice to Brandon right now. This, this, like, this guy isn't just brand. like <laughs> not doing anything to stop the stop you know trump's policies he's defending them like yeah no, he's he dead is. ass in court like yeah. trying to keep things trump put in that he criticized him on, uh, the, campaign for on the campaign trail. yeah and, and now he's like oh you know what maybe that wasn't that big of a problem so like you know like if if i if biden were doing what he should be doing or what he said he was going to do and actually addressing you know the immigration quote crisis you know so-called crisis um in a meaningful and substantive way, then maybe I could understand where Abbott is like, oh, damn, like we need to fight against, you know, these liberal policies or, you know, like whatever they say, you know, um, and like deploy more troops to like take care of this border problem. Cause like when it's, when he's, when this started, Biden was saying he was going to do something about it. And Abbott's whole thing was like, well, if the U.S. government isn't going to do anything, we're going to ham handle migration or, you know, immigration on our own. Um, and so we need to be tough on it since the since the federal government isn't. And it's like and it's like it's all been for nothing because like Biden hasn't done anything about no. it, period. It's exactly the same mm. situation that it was when Trump was in office. And so now it's like. Like, you know, Abbott's trying to, like, play this, like, hardball and act like he's, like, really owning the libs right now. And it's, like... Doing the but, same thing. Yeah. And <laughs> it's it's, they are. And he, I mean, he, yeah. Like, he's, like... As I mean, if you think about it, this thing. is the whole authoritarian thing just exactly. on steroids because everything else he's done is <laughs> has been being terrible and he knows he's about to lose a seat, so he's got to scare people into voting for him. Right, yeah. yeah. And it's just like, I, I mean, I'm so happy to see, you know, him falling on his face. But like, I do feel really bad for like all of these National Guard troops, because like, imagine if you were a veteran and you were like, you know, like, I'm I'm retired. I just want to like still do something like I'm going to go ahead and, you know, just join the National Guard and it'll be mm. fun. Yeah. You know? And then you're stuck on the freaking border with no freaking paycheck. You know, like cramped housing in the middle of a freaking pandemic, probably watching people like falling out, probably getting COVID yourself or whatever. Still Literally, have PTSD. It, still have PTSD is not getting addressed. And it's all for freaking nothing. And there's not even like, there's not even any caravans. You know, it's yeah. like, occasionally, no. like every now and then you see like a, a family, like a mom and like some kids, you know, like walking up to the Dude. border. Like that doesn't, I, I, I'm not surprised that they're having as many mental health problems as they are. The Border Patrol has gone on and said, like, one of their biggest problems is just boredom. Yeah. yeah. There's not enough to do at the freaking border. Yeah. yeah. Now you've got the National Guard who are actually even more bored because they can't even do anything. They have to call the Border Patrol and basically just fucking wait there. Yeah. Like, and, it's pointless. And on top of that. This is the biggest waste of resources I've ever seen. Right. Well, and on top of that, those are our resources. Like, these are, like. It's taxpayer these, money. <laughs> taxpayer yeah, money. money. Being spent on this, like, fabricated, imaginary 
crisis. I mean, there will be further migration issues going forward because of climate breakdown. Um, and I mean, we do need to come up with a like a real plan that's like not, you know, like just something like Greg, like what Greg, Greg Abbott is doing. Right. Like we do need to have a substantive way to address migration going forward. Also, this is couldn't Biden technically recall those troops? I know. Ooh, good question. Greg yeah, he could override gets, gets the authority. Own, yeah, the president yeah, has the final know, say. Yeah, I know the governor gets like a certain amount of National Guard troops they're in command of. Yeah, but I'm I'm like ninety percent positive there's a way for Biden to be like absolutely fucking not. I mean, this is pretty much what happened. What what it makes me think of is uh, during the civil rights era of the 1960s. I think or 50. Yeah. I think it's 57 with in Little Rock, uh, the Little Rock mm-hmm. Nine. Um, the yeah. Alabama, no, I'm sorry, yeah, Arkansas, uh, National Guard was called in by the governor of Arkansas uh, to prevent these nine African-American children from enrolling in high school, central high school. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it went back and forth, back and forth, and the president had to finally step in and reorder those, it was Eisenhower, uh, had to tell the National Guard, hey, don't follow the orders of the governor of Arkansas. You're going to follow my orders. And what you're going to do is you're going to protect those children. You're not going to prevent and then them he from sent coming in, into the school. I think he also sent in like, like, I think what, I think the governor had like 1,500. I think Eisenhower sent in like 10,000. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is up, Kyle? Yeah. And so, I mean, really, no president wants to, because that's the whole thing. It's like a state's rights issue, apparently, you know? And so like, uh, presidents don't want to override the other executive authority. Like they try to give the states their autonomy. Um, and so like if the governor, you know, only when the governor is doing something incredibly, incredibly egregious, does this, does the president step in and like override their authority? They usually try to let the governors do their thing. Um, yeah. but you're right. And I think you raise a very good point. If Biden wanted to like a ton of stuff currently, he could do something about it. Yeah. Um, he's not. Yeah, and, that would be cool yeah. if he did, though, right? Like, so, real quick, I mean, we need to, we need to kind of wrap this up. Um, yeah. I, in regards to the governor, I just want to mention to the listener: there's a lady named Joy Diaz who's running as a Democrat, even though she's technically like aligns with the Republicans. She knows she's not going to be able to primary Abbott, like she admits that. So she's like, "All right, I'm going to try and primary Beto ugh. instead." She's as a, she's Democrat. a Democrat in the way, same way Kristen Sinema is a Democrat. Exactly. Uh, um, so she's not going to win. I don't really want to spend a lot of time talking about her because like she's not going to win. But she yeah. used to work in media, no. so like she's gotten a ton of media coverage because of her media connections. Yeah. So if you want to know more about her, listener, there's a link below. She's not going to win. Uh, so you know whatever. Um, but she's she, you might you might hear about her. So uh, lastly, on the governor thing, we've got Don Huffines, who. <laughs> Who is another who's a Republican trying to primary Abbott, who's running to the right of Abbott, saying Abbott's not doing enough, essentially. <laughs> um, however, the reason we're going to bring him up for just a minute is because he's got a guy who's a very outspoken white supremacist who is uh, has been a part of his campaign. They didn't technically fire him, but he's like no longer like officially on the campaign, but has, quote, <laughs> done work for the campaign. Um See where's this guy's name? He's got a oh Jake Lloyd Cole Glazier, oh, and he's saying some some crazy <laughs> on YouTube. Uh, I'm just gonna read a couple of quotes. Let me write down. Uh, hold on. So, uh, it says he wants to quote restore American, re- restore historical American culture by maintaining a supermajority of the original stock of the United States oh and maintaining a homogeneity. 
referring to white people. Oh, I thought he was saying like Amer like North America's indigenous population. No, He's but that's I mean, stock, if so you I thought say, he was like yeah. really pro like indigenous rights. Yeah, if that's that's yeah, you're joking. Okay, <laughs> so like that's what you should think when you hear quote the original Americans, right? Because we all know, right, that we're all the white Europeans weren't here land. first. Yes, <laughs> yes, they're are, they're still around. By the way, there's still a bunch of indigenous people that are still here. Uh, they were the originals. I think we need to understand that and recognize that. But anyways, this guy's talking about white people. Um, he continues in other YouTube videos. The article goes on that we're nearing a demographic cliff uh, in reference to an increase of the people of color gaining a more political and economic power. Uh, on another, this is the worst one, I think, on another live stream platform, he, it doesn't say which one, he mocked a woman who appears to be Asian saying she needed to be in China, quote, Getting the shit beat out of her by her husband. Oh my god! So End he's quote. also like extremely um, like misogynistic. And... and then in another post, he says, "I spit on George Floyd." So this is the type of guy uh, who is affiliated with Huffines, and like, Huffines this guy is perfect, a great fit for Huffines is refusing. This guy's twenty four, oh, yeah. by the way, uh, twenty four years. So. It, young guy. Huffines is refusing to distance himself from him and saying, I'm not going to participate in cancel culture. Um, <laughs> so there you go. So that's oh, all wow. I really need to talk about that. Check that if you're interested in reading the whole articles down below. Real quick, before we wrap yeah. up, I'm not going to get into these, but I just want to mention them to the listener. We've got a story about Texas having supply chain issues in regards to voter registration because of a paper shortage and because we're still in the Stone Age or whatever in our state. We're one of the only states that don't have online voter registration. You have to use paper. Uh, and yep. so we're, we're running low on paper. So all the people who need to register to vote, particularly people who are recently uh, citizens, new citizens, uh, we don't have registration forms to give them. And they changed the laws, so they had to come up with new forms. So Amber and I became voter registrars last year. Apparently, there's yep. some contention about whether or not you're allowed to use the forms from last year. Because the laws, the, the rules have slightly changed. And the only thing that's a big change is that if you are caught doing fraud, it's not a class B misdemeanor, it's a class A misdemeanor. That's the only change. Yeah. So in theory, it shouldn't matter what document you're using. But like we said, for all sorts of really dumb reasons, pe people's documents are being rejected. People's applications are being rejected. Is so, that, hey, is this, is this real? What do you mean? The, like, I mean, they couldn't find any paper, like, so oh, there, no, it's, this, it's, it's this not is what as you much. Call fabricated, fabricated uh, crisis. They don't want people registering. I mean, that's it's kind of like how like I'm like they, you uh, couldn't find any paper to so, print the new cards. Like. So it, it, I'll just read. I'll read a little bit from the article. The the league in Houston registers. This was this organization called the League of Women Voters in Texas. Uh, they register normally about thirty thousand new citizens every year. Mm -hmm. So they would need. 30,000 applications. Uh -huh. They're being allocated somewhere between one and 2,000. Right. I mean, I... Of the 30 that they need to register all the new voters. I mean, I understand what they're saying. I'm just saying, like, is that an actual problem? Yeah. Or is this, like, a fabricated No, 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 no. This problem. is a real... No, this is... So this is a part of the whole supply chain issues that everybody's kind of experiencing right now. Paper is oh, okay. one of those... Paper is one of those supplies. Lumber too, building houses. People are like, oh, houses are so expensive because they can't find wood. Well, you need trees to make paper too. I, I know, I know. I I understand this. And so there's not things. enough paper coming in, being created because we don't have a lot of paper farms here in Texas. Um, 
there's not enough. I'm just saying to go around. I'm like, I will like, couldn't we like collect paper donations or something like? I mean, these are like voter registration cards. Yeah, but they like, have to be printed. They have to be pr- created wherever they're created. It's an official. Yeah. It's official government documents. Amber and I have, I don't know, two hundred of these or something when we signed up for registration. So if you're a yeah. listener and you're not registered to vote but you want to, and maybe you can't get a hold of a form, send us a message on Twitter at FW Review or send us a message on Instagram at Fort Worth Freedom Review, and we'll we'll meet up with you and we'll give you one and we'll yeah. re- we'll register all, you. Okay, all three of us can register you. Yes, so Thomas, we, we got you. Sorry for not mentioning yeah. that, Thomas. Yeah, absolutely. All three of us are. Um, <laughs> Okay, so that, you know, if you want to know more about that, that article is down below. Uh, Henry Quaylar, the Texas uh, U.S. House representative who just barely beat out Jessica Cisneros last election cycle, uh, who was the progressive who's backed by Bernie Sanders and AOC. We, we supported her and donated to her campaign. She, you know, Henry Quaylar has been an incumbent in that district down there near the border. I believe it's near Laredo or near, near San Antonio. Um, he's been in power there for a long time. Has a lot of money behind him. He's essentially Texas's um, Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin, exactly. He's a Democrat that votes with the Republicans, particularly on the abortion issue. Always votes against abortion. Uh, trying to get rid of that dude. Well, the FBI raided his apartment this past week, uh, and information is still coming out about this. But I'm not going to have time to get into it here. But he's got relations and perhaps corruption or dealings with the government of Azerbaijan. Uh, didn't see that coming. I yeah. didn't know. I knew it was corruption. Didn't see it being international relations with the you know pseudo socialist country. Um, but see, it's, I was figuring like a January sixth situation. That's what know? I thought too. Yeah. Thomas, that's what I thought too. So like I said, still info coming out. We might talk about this next time when there's more info available on it. But if you don't know where Azerbaijan is, it's in between the Black Sea and the Caspian Sea. It was a Soviet bloc country. It's like next to Georgia and Armenia. Uh, and they have a nationalized oil company. So the oil, this is the same as Venezuela. The government is the oil company. Uh, Cuba is the same. So, I mean, like, I don't know if they have oil, but like uh, whenever countries nationalize a certain sector of the economy, like oil, that's usually, quote, a bad thing to America. It's socialism. It's communism when the government, rather than a private company, is dealing with resources like that. So I'm really, it, but it, it seems like from what, what I sort of understand about this situation is that Azerbaijan is trying to gain political influence in America. And so they're like hooking this dude up and his friends up and, and likely other people in Congress uh, up to in order to get them to speak kindly and for and on behalf of the Azerbaijanis. Uh, <laughs> yep. So, again, we'll see what I don't know. There's the, they haven't released a lot of information on that, but that happened. And then Ken Paxton to end up to end today. Uh, Ken Paxton is once again uh, making the news. He's refusing to give any documents to the federal government in regards to January 6th. Oh my God! He's in violation. He's a, he's breaking the law by doing this. And if you don't, so we've talked about Ken Ken, Ken Paxton probably more than like anybody else I that we've know. talked about. This Old dude Ken. is like how the is he most corrupt. Yeah, how is he not in prison? So if you don't know, listener, like who's Ken Paxton? He's um, Texas Attorney General. Uh, he is yeah. He's, he's the Attorney General. He's got a six-year-old securities fraud case that still is unresolved, that is still currently open, that involves him. So he's been accused of fraud. That case is still going on. He still won election in 2018, even though he's investigated for fraud. 
in October 2020, eight of his former top deputies accused him of bribery and misuse of office. Weeks later, all eight deputies had either been fired or resigned. Four of those people are whistleblowers now suing Paxton under the state's whistleblower law. And the FBI is currently investigating him for allegations registered by the whistleblowers. So he's got an FBI investigation under him. He's got lawsuits going for him. And then he's also got a securities fraud case that is still currently pending and going. So this dude is like literally the most documented corrupt politician in Texas. And his main job is to be in charge of the Texas criminal justice system. Yeah. (laughs) But he went and spoke at the January 6th rally before everything got crazy. Oh, shit. Did he really? He did. So that's He spoke at the rally right before everybody marched down to the Capitol. uh, And that's those are that's what they want the documents about uh, the federal government's requesting those documents. There's a limited time for him to hand those over. He did not do that. Um, that is just so on brand for Ken Paxton. Yeah. So yeah. if you want to know more about that, that link is also down below in the show notes. Um, we went a little long. Do you guys have anything that you would like to close us out with? I know we talked about it like a trillion things. It feels like I just, I just want to like kind of apologize about the whole in India comment I made earlier. Um, I wasn't saying that, you know, his degree wasn't accurate or, you know, that anyone with a degree from India isn't accurate. I was trying to say that maybe, uh, oh God, what's his, I'm just going to call the, the correctional officers, was it, was it Puker? Puker? Oh, yeah, yeah, Buker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was saying that that may have been his reasoning because there was a little bit of of a like fake degree ring i think like a year or two ago but i want to i want to apologize and say that that I, that in no way shape or form am i trying to insinuate that you know indian degrees aren't as good or as or that's good logic okay i want to be very clear about this i think I'm that's, sorry about any no. miscommunication on that that that's front. very fair thomas and i mean i just also want to want to apologize to you if amber and i came on a little strong i want to make it clear it's okay to have differences of opinions on this show. Yeah, We're not all going to agree with <laughs> each other all the time. So it's like, it's certainly okay to have a different perspective and a different opinion. We've all three got different walks of life. Uh, Rose will be, will be back with us on the next episode. Her two perspectives than us. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, it's, it's perfectly okay to have a difference of opinion. We're not going to try and try and cut out those perspectives, but thank you, Thomas. I, you know, I think that maybe means a lot to some listeners perhaps. So uh, thank you for that. Yeah. Thanks. Amber, what about you? Um, well, you have anything to apologize for? Um, <laughs> ooh, I probably should. Um, well, I mean, yeah, I guess I want to apologize for. Uh, first of all, I want to say, Thomas, like, I think that was so nice of, of you to say that. And um, you're setting a, a good example for me and, you know, for all of our audience and stuff like that, too. Um, and I welcome differences of, of opinion, like, 100%. Um, I feel like I uh like had brought up um you know uh the the guy with the the other guy with the hat um you know he like i was talking about you know like oftentimes like uh, like you know black conservatives like it seems like maybe they feel like they have to go a little bit harder you know on you know certain types of like racial issues and stuff like that um and you know i don't know that i should have said that and if that was offensive to anyone What's his name? Byron Bradford. Bradford. Mr. Bradford. Um, I feel like I shouldn't have said that because, you know, I'm a white person. I don't know. I'm just going off of, like, observation. And maybe it wasn't appropriate for me to say that. And if anybody found that offensive, 
then I apologize. I think so. When when you said that, Amber, I I, f- I was sympathetic to that perspective because I think as a woman, and I think this is I'm not a woman, so maybe I need to apologize for this. But <laughs> apologies uh, all around. Apologies all around. <laughs> but it's well known, right, that like women in the professional environment or in any environment that is dominated by men, mm-hmm. typically to get ahead in those environments, you have to be more be manly more than the men. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You have to be more hardcore than what is usually you know perceived as appropriate for women. Yeah. So I think you can take that same thing and apply it to race. I don't think you're being out of line by making that comparison. Yeah. And um, I guess that's kind of where I was thinking about it you know, from as well. But yeah, I'm sure listeners may disagree with us. And if we offended you, we're sorry. Uh, sorry. Uh, we do, you know, we do try to bring you guys accurate information. That's why we provide the links below. So you can go look at our sources yourselves. But obviously we've got opinions on these things and we are sharing those opinions with you as well. So thank you for listening. Thank you for your time with us. Uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with a lot more information on like the specific offices that are going to be in this election and like their roles and jobs. Cause even us, on the show don't don't know what some of these offices do so we're going to try and educate ourselves so we can educate you guys on that and so you can enter the voting booth you know knowing what's up so enjoy yourselves guys again uh you can hit us up online at fw review on twitter or you can hit us up on instagram at fort worth freedom review we have a new instagram account uh, and then if you want to send us an email, we, we, we get occasional emails from listeners. If you got uh, topics that you would like us to cover or just want to tell us, you know, if we're if we're full of shit or if we're doing a good job, you know, by all means, we want to hear from you guys. So you can send us an email uh, at uh, uh, FW Freedom <laughs> Review, FW Freedom Review at Gmail dot com. The, they had us the first, not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, uh, enjoy your weeks, guys. Bye. Bye. Yeah, bye.